So I have, first of all, I think it's awesome that we have um, God just working through Marie and giving her songs. Like, I think that is so powerful, and thank you for stepping out and just doing it and letting God lead you. Um, So first, I just want to pray. Father God, we just come to you now in Jesus' name. We thank you for everything that you do for us each and every day, Father God. We thank you that we can become a new creation in you. And we just ask you, Father God, to your spirit is here. Just um, speak through me, Father God. You know what you laid on my heart to share in this message. I, I know it's for me, but I'm sure that there's other people that this will touch also. And I believe that's why you wanted me to share it. So just speak through me in Jesus' name. Amen. So I wasn't nervous. Now I'm nervous. (laughs) But that's because I'm in my flesh. So for years, I have um, really felt um, ashamed, guilty, um, all those negative words Um, that the enemy wants us to feel. Um, And when I knew, like Rob said, you know, we speak once a year. We take turns every other month, giving Pastor um, Steve a day off, which really is not a day, because he pretty much did everything today. But it's that week before the preparation. Um, And, yeah, you can't, it's not just a day. (laughs) That's what my mom's like, you've been working on that a long time. I'm like, yeah. I don't know. Um, So I really felt God um, wanting me to share about forgiveness. Um, So I'm sure that we all have been offended um, at one time or another. Somebody has said something to us. Somebody might have lied to us, stolen from us, um, abused you in some way whether it be physical, emotional, um, sexual, um, cheated on you, possibly um, when you were dating or your marriage or sometime um, committed adultery, um, hurt someone or maybe even um, killed someone in your family. Um, And I really feel that, as you know, that Um, We need to forgive them just as Jesus forgave us. Um, And unforgiveness actually doesn't hurt that person. That person may never even know that you're hurt or offended by them. Um, So really, it really just hurts us, and it holds us in bondage and chains. And it actually keeps us from doing what God wants us to do um, in our life. So if there's somebody that um, you need to forgive, um, please just work with that. And, and the enemy um, is the father of lies. He's the biggest liar. And he will keep bringing it up in your mind. Um, like, how would you ever be able to forgive them after what they did to you? Um, it was so bad. They did this or that. Um, how could you ever forgive them? So the devil comes to um, steal our lives and destroy them. So of course he wants us to hold on to that bitterness and that resentment. Um, but Mark eleven twenty five says, "For if you forgive people their wrongdoing, 
your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. But if you don't forgive people, your Father will not forgive you your wrongdoings. So it kind of, you forgive them, your Father will forgive you. If you don't forgive them, like if you have unforgiveness in your heart, like every day you need to really ask God, you know, bring it to my mind who I need to forgive today because tomorrow might not be there for you to forgive them and then it might be too late. Um, Matthew 18, 21 through 35. Um, this talks about the parable of the unforgiving slave. It says, Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how many times could my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? I tell you, not as many as seven, Jesus said to him, but 70 times seven. For this is the reason the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who wanted to settle accounts with his slaves. Am I doing something? What am I doing? <coughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Is it too loud or something? Or I don't know. Um, so we're going to talk about the parable of the unforgiving slaves. When he began to settle accounts, I'm sorry. Okay, there. So when he began to settle accounts, one who owed 10,000 talents was brought before the king. Since he had no way to pay it back, his master commanded that he, his wife, his children, and everything he had be sold to pay the debt. After this, the slave fell face down before him and said, Please be patient with me. I will pay you everything. Then the master of that slave had compassion, released him, and forgave him the loan. But that slave went out and found one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii money. I don't know. He grabbed him, started choking him, and said, pay what you owe. At this, his fellow slave fell down and began begging him, be patient with me and I will pay you back. But he wasn't willing. On the contrary, he went and threw him into prison until he could pay what was owed. When the other slaves saw what, he had, taken, what had taken place, they were deeply distressed and went and reported to their master everything that had happened. So then after he had summoned him, his master said to him, you wicked slave, I forgave you all the debt because you begged me. Shouldn't you also have had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? And his master got angry and handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he could pay everything that was owed. So my heavenly father will also do to you if each of you does not forgive his brother from his heart. That's powerful, you guys. Like, I read that a couple times, and I'm like, and I've read it throughout the years, but, you know, this week I've really been focused on it. Like, like God forgives us. That's why Jesus came. But yet we can't forgive somebody else for something that they did. We do stuff bad all the time. And Jesus, you know, 
God himself forgives us, so we certainly can forgive others. And with Easter just around the corner, we focus on how Jesus was beaten, he was hung on the cross, he rose from the tomb, and won the victory for each of us. And that's true and very, very powerful, but let's take a look a bit closer at who was hanging on the crosses beside him. So beside Jesus, as you know, there was two thieves. And the one thief was yelling, you know, something like, Jesus, Jesus, if you're really Jesus, um, you'll save yourself and us. Like, come on, if you're really the king of the Jews, like you're saying, why, not, why are you doing this? Save yourself. Well, the other thief said to the thief mocking Jesus, you know, are you not even afraid of God? Don't you fear him? Since you are undergoing the same punishment and we are being punished justly, like we are here because we deserve death, but this man did nothing. He did nothing wrong. And that thief said to Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said back to him, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. <clears throat> so we have all been wounded. We've all been hurt by somebody, right? Like, is there anybody here that has never been hurt by anybody? Um, thank you for being honest. <laughs> um, so be it in our friend circle or our work or our church, our own family. Um, now try to just close your eyes. Um, and I know that a lot of people, I know we do that um, Easter, um, what's the movie that we watch every? Passion. The Passion. passion. Um, so it's really hard to watch that, and that's probably not even half of what Jesus really went through. Um, so if you close your eyes and just try to picture Jesus hanging on the cross after he's been whipped and beaten and there's blood running down his face, people yelled at him, cursed at him, spit on him. They put that crown of thorns on his head, which I know when I get a rose thorn, it hurts. I can't imagine. So he has the blood dripping down his body, his face. He can't see. And then they deeply punctured him with the spear. And you're there saying, God, forgive me. Please forgive me for what we've done, what I've done. And he doesn't answer you. And you say to him again, please, God, forgive me. And again, he doesn't answer you. But instead, he looks over at the person that you have not forgiven. So again, in Mark eleven twenty five, for if you forgive people their wrongdoing, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. 
But if you don't forgive people, your father will not forgive your wrongdoing. Forgiveness is the very reason why Christ came. His very purpose was to shed his blood for us and to die for us, each and every one of us. For that time back there and all the future, which includes us, like that was so long ago. But it still holds true for us and it holds true for our babies and the next generations. And when we choose not to forgive, what does that do to our heart? It really makes it hard. It makes it bitter. And it really keeps a hold of us. And I kind of, um, I, how I came up with this is I just listened to many different things, so I have to, there's too many things to list to give credit to everything. But in one of them, it said it was kind of like nails that held Jesus' hands to the cross and his feet to the cross. Like in order for Jesus to hang on the cross, they needed to nail him in to hold him. So when we don't forgive people, it's kind of like nails that keep a hold of us. And forgiveness actually releases the nails and releases the hold that our enemy has on us. And it sets us free to live for God. And forgiveness is setting a person free and finding out that that person is actually yourself. So say Pastor Steve offends me in some way and I haven't forgiven him. Well, he doesn't even know he offended me because like it only causes, and this didn't really happen, I'm just, he's right here. So, um, like it holds bitterness, and I just, you know, it just festers, and just, you know, and then I mount comfortable around him, and I don't know what to say, and, you know, until I, you know, forgive him, you know, it says go to them, ask for forgiveness, you know, but sometimes you can't, like, Say you have an ex that has cheated on you or whatever, and you don't ever see them again or whatever. Sometimes you can't go to them and say, please forgive me, or I forgive you. Um, If you can, that's great. If not, you know, just let it go. Let it go. Um, So that's about forgiving others. Now, the reason why God laid it on my heart to share this is actually about forgiving ourselves. Um, There's a lot of things in my past before I came to Christ that I am not proud of. Um, And I'm not gonna elaborate on it because God knows it. And um, we may have disappointed ourselves, feel like we let God down, let our loved ones down. Maybe you said something that you regret now Maybe you were in your 20s and made a decision that you now regret each and every day. Maybe you thought you were being a great provider for your family, so you worked and worked and worked, and now your kids are grown, and they don't even have a relationship with you because you weren't around much. 
Maybe instead of stepping into your marriage, you stepped out of it. Maybe you regret that now. You may, day after day, keep clicking on your phone or your computer onto things that you know you shouldn't be doing. You love your spouse, but you just can't help it. So you go to God and ask for forgiveness, and of course he forgives you. But why can't you just forgive yourself? You have the pain of what you did years ago, day after day, or even something you might have done last night. We dwell in our guilt and shame. And let me tell you, the enemy has you right where he wants you because shame is the devil's playground. There is a difference between guilt and shame. Um, The devil wants to drive you away from God and keeps telling you that you never measure up. Look at what a mess you made of your life. Look at what you've done. And he keeps you in that place of unforgiveness to yourself. The very person that God created you to be cannot come out of that bondage and chains because he has you so wrapped up in not forgiving yourself. He keeps saying, you deserve this. You know, look what you did. I can't believe that you did that. You know, just all these things that keep rising up day after day. And you may, you know, Pastor Steve said something about feelings. Like, it's not always about feelings, because I feel that God has forgiven me. But I never really felt that I had forgiven myself. But God wants to give you freedom. He wants to give me freedom. He wants to let you break away and live up to your God-given abilities and abundant life. Abundant life isn't just for when we get to heaven, you guys. He wants us to have it now. And he wants to draw you near to him. So we're going to use Judas and Peter as an example. Both Jesus' disciples. And Jesus told them both, first, that Judas would betray him. And again, I'm not a Bible scholar, so I kind of, it might not be exactly perfect. But second, that Peter would deny him three times. So there is word worldly sorrow and shame, which is, that's what Judas had. Judas had that. He got caught. He felt like, oh no, I'm embarrassed. Poor me, I got caught. I can never face anyone again um, after what happened. And what did he do? He took his own life. Then there was godly sorrow, which was Peter, who was genuinely sorry for what he did. He, it says that he went out and he wept. Godly sorrow leads to repentance, which simply means turning away, turning a different direction. Like, I don't want to live this way anymore. Um, Like, when I was out um, drinking and partying, and I remember sitting at this bar with my girlfriend, and I'm like, Allie, I just, I don't want to do this anymore. This isn't me. Like, I don't want to do this. And boom, that was all it took. Like, God changed my heart. He changed me. I didn't have a sip to drink for seven years. Now, once in a while, <laughs> not every, every day or every weekend, but um, God really changed me. Um, and then um, you're truly sorry for what you did. You acknowledge your sin, 
You don't make excuses anymore for it, and you repent. Godly sorrow lets you draw closer to God, whereas worldly sorrow or living in shame leads you away from God. God never moves. It's you moving away from him or moving closer to him. Guilt says, I've done something wrong. It was bad that I did this. Shame says, I am bad. I'm a bad person. The devil tells you you're worthless. God can't use you. You're always going to be labeled by what you did. Guys, back in 2007, I was arrested for something that I didn't even know that I did wrong. Um, It's a long story, but anyway, God totally um, took care of it. Um, he, he let the DA know that I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, I ended up getting fired from my job, um, never affected my nursing license because they truly believed that I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. But I'm just saying, like, I, that was in the time that I wasn't even drinking. Like, like I, I mean, when, I guess when God, you know, wants to use you and he wants to use all of us, but he was changing my life, and then the devil comes in, and I get arrested and put in the handcuffs. Like, like it was a really bad, bad time in my life because I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, I didn't even know I, you know. Anyway, um, so God really did wonderful things. I got a job three days later making $3 more an hour. Like, like it was amazing. Um, the time that I was off, um, well, yeah, anyway, the time that I was off, I just delved into God's word more and more, and, like, it was an amazing time, actually. Um, so guilt is conviction, right from wrong, and it leads you down the right path. And don't you think it would be very offensive to God himself if we actually believed that what Jesus went through for us was good for Carol, but not okay for me? Like, it, wasn't, it was enough for Carol, but it wasn't enough for me. Like, how am I so special that what Jesus went through isn't enough for me? So I think that you know, that would offend God to think that we, what he went through wasn't enough for me when he created me. So you might have had a bad moment. You might have had a bad chapter in your life. And our story isn't done yet, guys. It really isn't. Take the weight off, take the guilt and shame, and take it to the one who died for you. Our debt has been prepaid. It's already been paid. It's covered by Jesus's blood. Let it go. So this week has been very powerful for me because I have learned um, after all these years, I really felt like God had forgiven me um, for something years and years ago, but I hadn't forgiven myself. So we have to be aware that the enemy will bring it up all the time. But we need to remind ourselves that he's bringing up our past because he is worried about our future. So when the 
when you think that, you know, I have forgiven myself, and then the enemy comes in and says, you know, remember you did this. He's, he's worried about what God's going to do. He's going to try to talk you um, out of God's potential he has for you. But remember, God's hand is on you, and he will never leave or forsake you. And who did Jesus choose to be the guest speaker at Pentecost? He chose Peter. He didn't choose a perfect person. He decided to choose a forgiven person. He didn't choose someone that was always faithful. He chose someone who experienced God's grace. So with Peter, he asked him, you know, Peter, like after he was resurrected, he went to Peter and he, he said, um, do you love me, Peter? And Peter's like, yes, I do. Like, I did something stupid, I know. But I love you, I love you. And Jesus didn't say to Peter, I told you that you were going to do that. You know, he didn't say, go wallow, wallow in your guilt and shame. Go just stay there because you're going to go to hell. No, he asked again, do you love me, Peter? And Peter said, yes. And he said, then go feed my sheep. Meaning he was to go shepherd and care for those help belonging to Christ, spreading the gospel. So you need to forgive yourself. You need to let it go. You need to finish your assignment that God has created for you. If we truly see ourselves as God sees us, we wouldn't be saying, I can't receive your grace, God. I don't deserve your forgiveness. I'm not worthy. I'll never get over it. Your forgiveness and grace, again, was enough for Carol, but it wasn't enough for me. What? He created us. He loves us. He loves us. He loves me the same as he loves Carol. He loves me the same as he loves Pastor Steve. Like, we are all the same. He loves us all the same. So acknowledge your sin, apologize, ask for forgiveness, and turn from it. Don't keep doing it over and over again. I don't know where you all are in your relationship with God, and if we just be realistic, we know we can't go back and change the past. We can't push a reset button. We can't go back and redo it. So we have to, we can't let um, that stop us from what God has for us. We can let God change our future. And the great thing about God is he doesn't expect us to come to him all cleaned up. Like we are humans, we sin every day. Um, you know, I think I've talked about this before. People say, oh, there's hypocrites that go to church. You know, hey, I'm not a hypocrite, I'm sick. Like I sin, I need church, and I need Jesus. Um, so we, were all, we, were, we don't need to clean up our lives before we can ask him to come into our lives. He says, come as you are today. He hears our cries. He hears us asking for forgiveness. He's saying, turn from your sins and give yourself to God and let him clean you up. Let him do the works in you. And I've saved communion today for last because I really feel that um, instead of doing it corporately together, I wanted, I felt like God wanted it to be an intimate time um, between you and him. Everyone here 
as long as you have given your life to Jesus, you're welcome to take communion. If you haven't given your life to Jesus and you want to, come up and get it. Go to your seat. We're going to play a song. Make this your commitment to God. Make this not everyone's going to know. We're not going to know if you gave your life to Jesus or not. Take the bread. Take the blood. Go back to your seat. Ask for forgiveness. Forgive others. Forgive yourself. Um, and just commit yourself to God today. Um, we're going to play um, Chains Are Broken. If you have never asked Jesus into your life, let it be today. Let Jesus lead you, help you live out each and every day in freedom from the bondage and chains that have held you back from your calling. Um, and acknowledge when you take the bread and the juice, you're actually saying, um, God, I remember you. Jesus, I remember that you hung on the cross, that your body was broken for me. And when you take the juice, remember that it was his blood. It was his blood that shed, was shed for you to cover your sins, to cover our wrongdoings. And just pray, you know, Jesus, I accept you in my life. Um, please forgive me. I know that, you're, that God sent you to forgive us. You were resurrected. Um, and I just really felt that God wanted to take this last few minutes to just be a personal time with him. Um, and I just want to pray, dear Heavenly Father, please come to us, each and every one of us, during this time of communion, Father God, and just do a massive overhaul in our hearts. If you need to do some spiritual surgery or whatever you need to do in our hearts, Father God, let us be forgiving, let us be forgiven, let us forgive ourselves. If we don't know you, Father God, just lead people to you, use this time we ask you, Spirit, just to come fill this place. And we ask that chains be broken today. We no longer want to be held by the nails. We no longer want to be held by the chains. We want to be released today. And we know that you are here. And each and every one of us can be released and have freedom to walk into what you have for us, Jesus. And we thank you. Amen.